Good morning, church. Praise God. It is good to be together today. Glad you're all here. Uh, good to see a lot of people back from the holiday travels and glad to be together with you. Uh, my name's Ethan, one of the ministers here. Welcome to those of you who are worshiping online. You're in the right place. Um, yeah, just want to uh, appreciate Skyland. Lots of great stuff going on here. First things first, this Wednesday. Be there. I'll be there. If you've got questions about this church, you want to learn about the church, we want you there. That's the place to be there. Uh, you can register today, or if you forget to register, just show up. We'll make sure we have plenty of food for you. We'd love to see you on Wednesday. Men's breakfast on the 21st, Sankin of Starbucks, all that great stuff. Be there for that. I want to tell you about one announcement that's just sort of a last minute thing. It's just a sort of a today thing, but I want to let you know about it. Uh, there's a guy here living in Johnson City who is a recent um, immigrant from the Ukraine. And um, he has uh, shared with a handful of churches um, that the, the town he's from is one of these that has been ravaged by the war in Ukraine, and uh, most of what they own has been lost or destroyed, and there's a really critical need for winter clothing. And so he's got a shipping container that ships out in a few days, and he's asked the churches uh, if we can help him fill it and send winter clothing back to his hometown in Ukraine. And if that's something you want to help with, it's just one day, just today. It's not a long drive. There's not a long time for it. We're not going to be putting it in the bulletin for three weeks. It's just today. If you want to do it, if you've got warm coats, gloves, you know, warm stuff, maybe you, it could be used stuff that you don't need anymore. You could go buy something new. You bring it to the church today or tomorrow morning before 10, we'll put it on this container and it gets shipped off here in a little bit. So um, we're not doing it for a long time. You won't hear about this ever again. I'll remind you at the end of the service. But if you want to do that, you can do that today. And let's see if we can help out some people. We got a way to, way to do that. All right. So we're talking about prayer. You are here. Pray like this. And the secret to, uh, to a GPS, you know, is that it knows where you are and it knows how to get from where you are to where you want to be. And what we're, what we're recognizing in this series is however you might be stuck in prayer, there is wisdom in the Bible to help you move forward in prayer. God's word anticipates the hazards and challenges that become roadblocks in our prayer life and, and provides us with the necessary tools to begin to move forward in our life of prayer. And so last week we went to prayer school, right? Last week, if you missed it, uh, we went to Jesus like his disciples did. And they said to Jesus, they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And we looked at the prayer that he gives us. And I really say it's a great place to start. If you missed last week, I hope you go check out the video because that's where to start in prayer school. He says, you know, pray like this, our Father who is in heaven, make your name be holy. And we prayed that prayer uh, together. And, and maybe, you, maybe, you, uh, maybe you did your homework. Some of you did your homework, right? Our homework was just to pray this prayer. Um, and, and maybe you did it once. All right, good for you. Maybe you did it every day. I talked to somebody on Thursday. They said, I'm praying that prayer that Jesus taught us. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm practicing it. And they said, great. They said, well, not every day. 
I was like, okay, I get it, all right, but you're, you're doing it. You're, you're not stuck. That's the thing they wanted me to know, they, that last week they were stuck in prayer, and then by Thursday they weren't stuck in prayer because they, they did their homework. They, they prayed the prayer that Jesus taught. I shared last week that um, when I talk to people about prayer throughout my ministry, uh, I would say around 80% of people I talk to feel stuck in their prayer life. Now, sometimes it's because they, you know, I've got an okay prayer life. Uh, It just isn't going anywhere. It's the same prayer life I had 20 years ago. Or sometimes it's bad stuck, right? Like, I just can't pray at all, and I wish I could pray, and I feel so guilty about the fact that I don't pray, and I never pray, and I know I'm supposed to pray, and I'm just stuck. And then then last week, as I talked to you all, uh, that that percentage held about true. Almost everybody I talked to said, yeah, I, I feel stuck in prayer too. I wish I was a better prayer too. I, I'm, I'm stuck here and I can't do this and I, I can't do this. I had one guy come up to me. He was sort of teasing, but he said, well, thanks a lot. I've been complacent in prayer for 20 years and now I can't be, thanks. And I get that. You know, I've been stuck like that, you know, you know where you, you're just kind of like, what, you know, it's all right, you know, you know. You wish you could do more, but, you know, whatever. I will say, though, I've also been bad stuck, you know. Not just complacent, but, but broken because my prayer life was nothing like I wanted it to be. Uh, my prayer life was in shambles. The, the worst stuck I've ever felt in my prayer life was 15 years ago and then the decade before that. Um, and, and the problem, the, the way in which I was stuck during this long season of being hard stuck in prayer, the way in which I was stuck, I would describe like this. I was a prayer expert and a prayer failure. That's how I would have described how I was stuck. Now, why do I say I was a prayer expert? Well, because I, I read books about prayer. Not a couple, but tons of books about prayer. I, I took classes on prayer. I taught classes on prayer. When other people were struggling in their prayer life, they would come to me and I would counsel them and then they would go on and grow in prayer and they would come back and tell me about how they were praying and their prayer life was so wonderful now. I led prayer retreats and prayer events. I was a prayer expert, but I was also a prayer failure because beyond my public prayer life, I didn't pray, you know. I wanted to pray, I would try to pray, but I just was so stuck. And in particular, the the kind of the focus of my agony was that my prayer life didn't look like the lives of prayer that we see in scripture. Now, I don't mean here, I don't mean the prayers of scripture or what the scripture teaches us directly about prayer. What I mean is when you go to the Bible and you look at the people that you might want to be like, and you're wondering, well, how did Jesus pray? Or how did Daniel pray? Or how did Moses pray? Or how did Esther pray? Or how did Mordecai pray? Or how did Peter pray? Or how did, you know, I don't mean Herod. Like we don't want to, nobody wants to pray like Herod, okay? Don't go imitating Herod's prayer life. But when you look at the people in the Bible whose prayer life you might actually want to imitate, my prayer life looked nothing like their prayer life. 
Here, I'll just describe to you real quickly um, what you would see. Like if you were to go study it, what, the, the two common patterns that everybody in the Bible who has a prayer life, you would want to copy, this is what we see they had. Number one, the moments of their lives were saturated with prayer in response to the circumstances of their day. No matter what happened in every situation, when they were busy doing a thousand things, whatever happened, they responded with prayer. That's the first thing you see. They saturated the moments of their life in response to the circumstances of their day with prayer. That's what we see happen. And you can think, okay, is that, is that how I react to things? Do I react with prayer? Okay, maybe. The other thing we see this is this, though. Again, for all of them we see at specific and regular moments of their lives, they scheduled time for sustained prayer. These are the two patterns we see in, in the prayer life of every single person in the Bible that you would ever want to copy. We see these two patterns. We're going to talk about that first pattern uh, next week, how do we help saturate the, circ- the moment, every, every moment, every circumstance? Right, we make our first response prayer. We're going to talk about that next week. Because for some of you, that's the big way you're stuck. Is that you live busy lives and your busyness is driving you away from prayer. And what we're going to discover is that the Bible actually models a practice that, where it works the other way. Your busy, complicated, stressful lives actually drives you into prayer. And we're going to talk about that next week. But today I want to talk about that second pattern. That everywhere you look in the Bible, if there's somebody whose prayer life you'd want to imitate, they have this pattern. Specific and regular moments of their lives. So by specific, I mean like maybe for a particular event or maybe a friend is sick, so they're going to pray for a sick friend. By regular, I mean like ongoing. Every day, three times a day, five times a day, once a week. So ongoing, regular, rhythmic, and they had scheduled times of prayer. So that's where they planned in advance, I'm going to pray. And then they had sustained times of prayer. Well, they actually prayed for a while. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, the whole night. Like they stayed in prayer for long chunks of time. This is what we see described in Scripture. Um, now, if you, if you go looking in the text, some examples of this pattern are really obvious. Uh, Daniel chapter 6, it's a really cool story. I'm going to, for lots of these, I'm going to sort of skip the cool story. I'm going to have you notice a verse that's not really part of the story. Daniel chapter 6, the big deal there is the king made a law telling people they weren't allowed to pray anymore, but Daniel keeps praying anyway. But here's how it describes that. Here's what it says. Now, when Daniel learned about the decree that had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened to Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So this rhythm of praying three times a day was something Daniel had always done. See, we said, remember, scheduled and sustained. Scheduled and sustained. In fact, this this rhythm of three times a day, this was the common practice um, for God's people, both Jewish and Christian, for thousands and thousands of years of history. Uh, a morning prayer, a noon prayer, and an afternoon or evening prayer. Sometimes they would add to those three, and they'd do five times a day or six times a day, but the three was kind of the standard. Um, we see this show up in the, uh, in the New Testament. Uh, Peter and John observed this three times a day rhythm. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Again, super cool story. They're going to heal a leper in this story. Awesome story. I'm going to skip the cool story. I just want you to hear how it starts. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. 
So they were just participating in this scheduled and sustained, they planned in advance, that's what we're going to do at three, we're going to pray. And they wouldn't have always had to go up to the temple to do it. it was, that was sort of a special occasion to go up to the temple for the hour of prayer. But everybody would have just done it. Oh, yep, time for the hour of prayer. Um, you know, they didn't have watches. They were just, just kind of, yeah, basically mid-afternoon, let's stop and let's pray um, for mid-afternoon prayer. Um, Jesus did this. Um, here's an example of a bigger event. Um, Luke chapter 6. On one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, spending the night praying to God. This is right before he chooses the 12 disciples, probably a big deal. And so before this big event, he goes and he spends this sustained time in prayer. But this was also his habit. Mark chapter 1, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So this morning prayer was part of Jesus' rhythm as well. Some of the examples of these rhythmic, scheduled, and sustained prayer life, uh, some of them are less obvious uh, unless, you know, uh, unless you know some of these things we're talking about. Uh, Acts chapter 10, there's a story of a guy named Cornelius. He's an early Christian convert. He was a Roman soldier, uh, but he was a Roman soldier who was persuaded of the truth of, of Judaism, and so he was trying to worship God even as a Roman soldier. We have a little story about him, uh, and it, it starts like this. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need, and he prayed to God regularly. And this, we see that word regularly, and we might think, oh, so like every so often he prayed. No, that's not what they mean. But that's actually a reference to this scheduled and sustained prayer practice, that he participated in that. And then it says this, one day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision now, if we hadn't just read Acts 3 and been reminded that 3 in the afternoon was one of the hours of prayer, we might think that this is saying, oh yeah, you know, 3 o'clock visions, who doesn't get 3 o'clock visions? No, 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 no. The point is, the vision came to him in this pre-scheduled, sustained time of prayer. It wasn't an out-of-the-blue vision. It was an in-the-middle-of-prayer vision. And in fact, Peter, keep reading this story, Acts chapter 10, the very next day, Peter also has a vision during a scheduled and sustained time of prayer. Uh, verse 9, at noon the following day, as they were on their journey approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. And if you keep reading, it's a great story. I'm skipping the story, I know. Uh, but he, he has a vision too. And, and so, remember, I was the, the failed expert, right? So I knew all these verses. I knew all this stuff. Um, that everybody, every person you look at in scripture and you think, yeah, it's sort of like a prayer. I wish my prayer life was as good as theirs. Every single one of them has a practice of scheduling time to stay in prayer for a long time. I wanted to pray like that. And I did not pray like that. I had no practice like that. For, for years, I'm in this situation where I know I should have a practice like that. I know I need a practice like that. I know it's a, it's a barrier to my relationship with God. I am stuck, but I had nothing like it. I just knew I should, you know. And what that meant that was especially horrible was when a big and troubling situation came up in life, 
when I really needed to be able to just go and spend time with God and bring this situation to God in prayer, I didn't know how. I didn't know how to stay in prayer. I wasn't able to really rest in prayer. In fact, in the whole Bible, there was only one prayer story that I really could relate to. I really could connect to this one prayer story. Uh, Near the end of Jesus' life, he's in a garden. He's praying that God would spare him. But more than that, he's praying that he would do God's will. And in that situation, he asks his friends to pray with him. If any of you had, some of you have had this where somebody asks you to pray for them, right? You ask them, pray for them. And if you've ever done this, you don't have to nod or raise your hand, but just kind of between you and me will know. Have you ever done that thing where you say, yes, I am totally going to pray for you. And then you totally never pray for them because you have no practice or strategy by which to pray for things. Like you got no thing. Like, what are you going to do, right? It'd be sort of like somebody saying, will you fix my car? And me saying, yes, but I have no tools or knowledge for fixing cars, but I'm in. Okay. And, and, and some of us do this with prayer. And so this is my verse. Jesus says, pray with me. So this is Matthew 26, 40. Um, he's told them, he's asked them to pray with him. And then it says, he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. He says, couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray so you'll not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then Jesus goes back and he prays because, dude, he knew how to pray. He says, my father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done, he prays. And he prays that for an hour. So that's a sustained time of prayer, right? And then he goes back, verse 43, when he came back, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. And I was like, this is the one verse about prayer in the whole Bible that I can totally relate to. The one where Jesus says to his followers, like, dude, you can't even pray with me for an hour? And I would be like, yes, that's me, Jesus. I can totally not pray for an hour. Um, But I wanted to. And I was desperate. And I was stuck. I wanted to be able to schedule a time for prayer and then stay in prayer. That's all I wanted. And when I say it out loud, maybe to you, maybe some of you have great prayer lives and you've gifted prayer lives. And when I even say that out loud, like it sounds crazy that I would think that was a big deal. But some of you know what I'm talking about because you'd like to be able to do it too. You'd like to be able to say, I need to spend time with God in prayer. And I don't know how. How do I schedule it? And how do I sustain it? And so that's today's prayer challenge. That's sort of the whole sermon. I'm going to talk about how you might do it here in just a minute. I'm trying to be real practical, but that's the challenge. You are here, pray like this. If you feel stuck in prayer, it could be because you don't have, your, your prayer life is not marked by these two realities. You don't have scheduled times of prayer where you plan in advance you're going to pray and you don't sustain it. You don't stay in prayer for any length of time. You may be asking yourself, how often should I schedule these times of prayer? Three times a day like Daniel and James and John? It's not bad. More often than that, uh, five times a day, that's what Augustine recommended, five times a day. Um, He probably needed more prayer than the rest of them. I agree, he was a troubled guy, that makes sense, you know. Once a week, I mean, for, for most of us, anything would be a step in the right direction, right? Just once a week, every morning was something, you know. How long do you need to stay in prayer? Listen, I'm not a legalist. 
I don't know. I mean, it's hard to even say a time because for some of you that, that excel in prayer and God's really gifted you in this area, you're praying 15 minutes a day and you need to pray for an hour. For some of you to spend 15 minutes of sustained prayer, giving God your undivided attention for 15 whole minutes would be a miracle leap forward in your faith life. So I don't know how long to tell you. I just know scheduled and sustained. So I was hard stuck. I knew all this stuff. I'd read all these verses and it didn't mark my life at all. And I just felt like I was trying everything, you know. I went on prayer retreats and there'd be like a two-hour silence where we're all supposed to go pray. And at the end of the prayer, of the silence, everybody's saying, how was it? And everybody else is going, oh, it was wonderful. I felt so close to God. And I was like, I did a crossword puzzle. Um, you know, you know, whatever. I, I tried preach. Oh, then the next thing I tried, I tried a lot of this. I tried guilt. I tried so much guilt. Like I tried just feeling terrible about myself all the time. Like I was a bad minister and a bad Christian and a bad everything. I just, I always got so good at prayer guilt. It didn't work at all. I tried rebellion. I tried saying, forget it. I don't even want to pray. Pray is stupid. This is dumb. I don't need a prayer life. And I was actually really good at rebellion. Rebellion actually worked really well, but it didn't actually get me unstuck. See? Uh, I would set aside time. Like I remember once I, a significant crisis in my life and I had said, I'm going to pray about this at this time. And I would go and try to immerse myself in prayer and bring this problem to the spirit of God. And I, I didn't know how. And I was just so angry and disappointed and sad. Um, and then eventually I, I had this realization. It was on another one of these prayer retreats. Um, and I'd, I'd been trying guilt most of the time, and it wasn't working very well. And, uh, and then we were coming to this prayer retreat, and in the middle of this prayer retreat, um, they had scheduled a four-hour period of silent prayer. And again, same thing, like the other people in the group, like, oh my goodness, it's gonna be so great. Oh yeah, to reconnect with God. And I was like, this is gonna be bad. And I didn't wanna get, like, oh, I didn't know what to do. And so my best idea I had was um, to, when everybody else was off doing their prayer thing, I could go jump in my car. And it was way out in the middle of nowhere, but there was a McDonald's about 45 minutes away. And so I figured I can drive to McDonald's, eat a Big Mac, drink a soda, relax, and then I'll drive back. And at the very least, I won't spend four hours kicking myself. You know, at the very least, that was the best plan I had. And so then the time comes, and of course I'm feeling guilty about the McDonald's plan, but it was the best plan I had. And I'm walking around, and I'm trying to pray. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this thing like I always did. And I remember, I remember just, I just had this realization that I just spoke out loud, and I just said, this is crazy. I can't pray for four hours. I'm a beginner at prayer. Like, I can't do this. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm a beginner, I remember saying. And I didn't hear a voice from God, but I'm telling you, it was one of the moments of spiritual clarity like I've never had before. I just, it was like the Spirit of God just like, just came in and it was like, like, duh. Yeah, this is what I've been trying to get you to recognize for 10 years. You are not a prayer expert who's a prayer failure. You're a prayer beginner who won't start. And all of a sudden I knew I was a beginner. And I just, I just, I laughed, I cried. I was so happy to discover I was a beginner. 
Because beginners have no pride and no standards. Anything a beginner accomplishes, we celebrate because that's progress, right? You know? And when beginners fail, it's not even failure, you know? It's just practice, you know? And the other thing beginners need is beginners need help. Lots and lots of help. And that was the thing I had at Epiphany. Like, I was trying to just do this thing I didn't know how to do. I needed help scheduling times for prayer and sustaining myself in prayer. And so, I just want to say, and I know I'm kind of rushing through this, but if you'll, if you'll believe me, or go study it for yourself, if you'll believe me that the witness of Scripture is that those people who are progressing in prayer have scheduled and sustained times of prayer. They plan it, and they stay in prayer for a long period of time, sort of whatever long period of time means to you. When I started five minutes was my long period of time. I was aiming for, if I could just pull off five minutes in prayer, that was a huge victory for me. So first, believe you, but just believe me, that is the witness of Scripture. If that isn't your present reality, where your life includes scheduled and sustained times of prayer, if that's not what you've got going on right now, then I'll just want to say, you're a prayer beginner. Great. What a great place to begin, right? That's a super place to begin. Um, as a beginner, I, I, I'm still a beginner. I'm just getting started. And if you're a beginner, you're going to need some help. So I'm going to tell you a few things that have helped me. And then we're going to try one of them together. Um, you're wondering just how embarrassing is this going to get? Well, I'll warn you, this is how embarrassing it's going to get. It will involve crayons. Okay, so if you didn't get your crayons at the beginning, you might want crayons and a piece of paper later, and we got some people going to pass them out. That's how embarrassing, that's how much of a beginner I am, okay? But let me tell you what's helped me, okay? Um, I will say I have, at seasons of my life, done the thing called praying the hours. That's the thing we saw several of those people in the Bible do. Daniel did it, Jesus did it, Peter and John did it. Um, The most common way to do that is morning prayer, noon prayer, and afternoon, evening prayer. It's the most common way. There are complicated systems. There are simple systems. But that could be something. If you're a real scheduled person, and if your real problem is the schedule, not the sustaining, you might try that. And that's been useful to me some. I will say, though, not very often. I'm really bad at praying the hours. Uh, I know people for whom, like, it's, it's amazing. It's wonderful. Adam Prophet uh, finds that discipline super, super helpful. I'm trash at it. So now I'm going to tell you what really has helped me, okay? Three things that help me stay in prayer. And that's the really, I, I, I'm okay at the scheduling. For me, it's the really, the hard thing is to stay anchored in prayer. Three things that have actually helped me that maybe you could try. The first is the simplest, and that is I just use prayers from the Bible, If you own a Bible, if you don't own a Bible, grab one out of the seat back in front of you. You can just grab it and pull it. And in the very center of the Bible is the book of Psalms. If you kind of put your thumbs in the middle and open it, you'll probably flop open to the book of Psalms. And a good way that helps you stay in prayer is just to pick a Psalm and make it your prayer. Try to understand it and then pray the prayer in that book. Maybe that's something you could try. Um, For me, uh, that that method has some limitations. One is because I always, as soon as I start, half the time my prayer becomes Bible study. And I start analyzing the words and thinking about what it means and looking up commentaries. And Bible study is great, but it's not prayer. 
And so that isn't a great tool for me, but it's one I use a lot. The next tool I want to tell you about that's been super helpful for me is I do prayer walks. Sometimes the walk is the thing I want to pray for. Like I'll just in the middle of the workday, I'll have 15 minutes in between meetings and I'll just walk around this building, kind of walk in and out of every room and just let what I see in my walk prompt me to pray. You could pray for your neighborhood in that way and just stay in prayer the whole time. Uh, My wife and I frequently walk around Science Hill and Liberty Bell, that complex. And often when our kids were in school there, especially while we walked, I just in the back of my mind, I'm just whatever, you know, pray for the soccer team, pray for the baseball team, pray for the next concert in Freedom Hall, whatever it is, you know, so I walk around there. When I need a more focused prayer walk, here's what I do. It's not complicated, but it's, and and you're going to, all these little things I do, you're like, Ethan, you really need all that to just pay attention to God for 15 minutes? Yes, this is what it takes for me to pay attention to God for 15 minutes. If you don't need it, praise God for you, pray longer. But this is what I need, and and maybe somebody else is stuck and they want to get started. What I do is I'll go drive someplace a little bit pretty, you know, where I won't see a whole ton of people, and I park, and I take a piece of paper and a pen with me, And on that piece of paper and a pen, I kind of write down all my tasks for the day, all the stuff I'm working about and worrying about. And then I leave that piece of paper and I leave my cell phone in the car. I close the door and I go on a little walk. The length of the walk kind of forces me to stay in prayer, right? You know, because you got to go somewhere, you know. If while I'm walking... I get reminded of, well, here's what happens when I get pray, start to pray. I just feel like the enemy doesn't want me to pray, and I'm immediately distracted. Maybe this happens to you. I'm distracted by a task. Like, oh, oh, I was supposed to send them an email. Oh, my goodness, I was supposed to do that. I forgot to, you know, turn the stove off, whatever it is, you know. Maybe if it's you forgot to turn the stove off, you're allowed to interrupt your prayer and go take care of that. But if, it, but if it's not like that, if it's not going to burn down your house, uh, what I do is I just say, God, if this, is that, if this thing that I've remembered is so important... Would you please make sure I remember it when I get back to my car? Right now, and for the duration of this walk, you get my undivided attention. Maybe I'm praying about something. Maybe I'm just trying to spend time with God. Then when I get back to my car, I take a minute and jot down any of those urgent things that I thought of. And then I drive back and get on with my busy day. That's how prayer walks work. But scripture and prayer walks are important. But I'm going to tell you, The way I actually learned how to sustain time in prayer was with coloring. So after that moment where I realized I was a beginner, uh, I prayed three more minutes of that four-hour prayer chunk. And then I went back to my room at the retreat center and I played computer games on my computer with no guilt because I'm a prayer beginner. And beginners don't try to pray for four hours straight. Are you kidding me? Beginners celebrate three, hours of un- three minutes of uninterrupted prayer, and then they go play computer games. And then after I played computer games for an hour, I went and prayed for 10 minutes, and then played computer games for another hour. And I was a beginner, and that was great, because I was just getting started. And then I went down to the book table. Most of the books on that book table at that prayer retreat I already owned. Big, thick books on prayer, praying with the ancients, praying the Psalms, praying your way through the Pentateuch, all these kinds of big fancy books. But I needed a beginner's prayer book. And so over in the corner, I saw a prayer coloring book. I didn't know what was in it, but I figured that sounds like a prayer book for a beginner. And so I bought it. 
It was called Praying with Color. It's still a book. You can go buy it. Maybe it'll be useful to you. And I'll just tell you what I learned from Praying with Color. And I'll just tell you, this is today when I am struggling to stay in prayer. And I still, most days, find it hard to really spend any, even longer than five minutes in dedicated prayer is a great challenge for me. I know I do it today, and I'll tell you how, uh, but it's very hard for me. Most days when I need to stay in prayer, I do it via coloring. Here's what I do. It's really simple. I start with a piece of paper. I draw four wavy lines in a box. I mean, four wavy lines across it to make a box. I use wavy lines because I'm not trying to be fancy. If you try to draw a straight line, some of you are perfectionists, and you'll draw your first line, and you're like, ah, it's not straight enough. You'll throw it. No, this is about prayer, not art. We're not artists here. We're just trying to stay in prayer. I draw four wavy lines, and then I write in the center of that box the thing I want to pray for first. It usually is Betsy. That's my wife. And then I just take a marker or a pen or whatever I have, and I start slowly, very slowly, coloring in the box. And I let the time that it takes to color in the box Keep me there engaged with God. Often I'll stop coloring because the words will just flow and my heart will just open up to God and I'll, I'll be aware of the presence of God. But then sometimes I won't. Sometimes it feels like I'm praying to an empty room. I feel cut off and alone. But I am committed to sustained time devoted to God. So I just stay there and I color in the box. Um, this day we had some stuff going on uh, in the church. And so my next prayer, you'll see I was praying for our church. And I just drew a little cross in the middle and I just slowly colored in that box and I prayed for our church and the stuff that was going on in the church. Then over in the corner, I drew a flower. I can't remember why. I don't know what that was about, but I drew a flower. And then I went on. Uh, this was common. My next, I prayed for my boys, Evan and Bryant. And, and then I stopped taking pictures because I think the next thing I was praying for was about my sin and I didn't want that in the picture. Um, so anyway, but I went ahead and I, and I just filled it. And, and I just keep making boxes, filling them in slowly, just to dedicate time with God. Um, and I'll just say, uh, you know, that one time I, I prayed seven whole minutes before I got bored and too distracted. Then I prayed 10 minutes. And one day I prayed 15 minutes. And then one day I filled a whole sheet of paper and it took me like, like 40 minutes, and I just spent that whole time just connecting with God and offering the stuff. Sometimes, um, sometimes, you know, the only prayer I have is I remember when I was praying for the church, that blue square there, I remember it was a situation that, uh, that we, we'd done all we could, and it was one of these deals, it's in God's hands now. And so just the whole time I'm coloring, I'm just, God, I can't, I can't do anymore. It's just got to be you. You got to do this, God. You gotta, that's all I did just the whole time I was coloring. Just said, it's got to be you, God. It's got to be you. Just so you know, this isn't like something just in my, from my distant past. Um, this weekend, we got TCTC, big thing, uh, big youth conference down there, and our, our worship team is leading it, and Adam is the president this year, and I just wanted to bathe that in prayer. And so um, this week, I'm like, I scheduled a half hour to pray for TCTC. And I know what it takes for me to pray a half hour on one topic. It takes coloring. Am I proud of it? No. Do I find this sermon humiliating to preach? I absolutely do. Should you be unimpressed with your pastor? You totally should. Am I a beginner at prayer? I absolutely am. But did I have a scheduled and sustained time of prayer for TCTC like we see modeled in scripture? Praise God, I did. So 
Am I moving fast on the highway to an amazing prayer life? No, not particularly. But I'm not stuck either. I am moving forward with growing intimacy with God. And so here's what I'm hoping you'll do. I'm hoping we can try this right now. Uh, hopefully by now you've got crayons and a piece of paper. If you still need crayons and a piece of paper, you wave real boldly and somebody will bring you crayons and a piece of paper, okay? Now I will say, I am just embarrassed about this enough. I'll tell you this. If you're thinking to yourself, there is no way I'm gonna pray with crayons. I don't need crayons to, to pray. Okay, great. Will you put those scriptures up on the screen? Here's what I need you to do. If you can't handle this crayon stuff, I get it. Grab a Bible, look up Psalm 33, and you can pray Psalm 33. That's another great way to sustain yourself in prayer is to just pray God's word. And Psalm 33 is a beautiful prayer. We're going to pray a little bit of it up together. But if you can handle a few crayons with me, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to start it. We're just going to, I'm going to go a little faster than I would normally go. We're going to spend only two or three minutes together right now. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to take this piece of paper home and have a sustained time of prayer today. For some of you, this is something you do regularly, and I'm so grateful for that. Some of you have never done it, and that's okay. That just makes you a beginner like me. Let's begin together. And so, so the way we begin is um, open up your crayons. I don't care what color you use. I'm using blue here. I don't really, I'm not much of a color guy. I'm not an artist, so I don't really worry about the colors very much. I don't pick them out with much care, but you might. And, and then just start with those four squiggly lines. Can we put that picture back up so they can remember what that looks like? And just, these are my four squiggly lines look like this. And just four squiggly lines. They make a little box. And then if you just would write in that box maybe a word or something that reminds you of what you most want to pray for right now. What's the thing you want to pray for right now? And, um, and, then, and then we're just going to slowly, uh, I'm going to open us in prayer here in a second, and then we're just going to color that in and let that give you the time. Let it just stretch out your intimacy with God. God, right now we meet you in prayer. Uh, It's not about coloring. It's not about the drawing. It's just about slowing our spirits down enough to actually be with you in this moment. So just meet us here, God, in this moment. We dedicate this time to you. Hear our prayer, God, as we pray. Amen. You may find that if you're an artist, you get too focused on the art, just stop for a second and re-engage prayer. This is just about making yourself available and open to God, spending the time in prayer that we see modeled in Scripture.
Some of you will want to start a second box. Transition to pray about something else. Some of you are still hardly started on your first box. That's okay. We're all at different paces in different places with different prayer needs. My hope for you is that you'll take what you've got right now. You'll think of this as a time of prayer that's interrupted. I'm going to interrupt us right now. I hope you'll think this was an interrupted time of prayer, a time that needs to be finished. And I, just, I hope you'll do it. I hope you'll maybe do it today. Maybe you could just take 10 minutes. I bet in 10 minutes you could slowly color this in and just pray. Maybe you'll pray for the same thing. Maybe five or six of your boxes will end up being about the same thing. That happens to me. Right now the band's going to come out. We're going to worship through song in a minute, but uh, maybe we would close together um, with that prayer from Psalm 33. Some of you probably already been reading it. You didn't want to do the coloring. I get that. Uh, Maybe we'll join you now. Let's pray that prayer from Psalm 33 right now. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance despite all its great strength it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord even as we put our hope in you. This is our prayer, God. Teach us to sustain our time in prayer and come to you and stay in prayer as we put our hope in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.